Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. Uh, my name is Brian Lamar. I feel like it's been a while since we've been here. Joining me today, two lovely people. First off, Brian Peterson. Hello, Brian. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. Um, and this might be the second time she's been on. Chief Operating Officer, Beth Tehan. Hello, Beth. Hello. It's about time you guys got me on this thing. I know. We try to hide it from people. This is our, <laughs> this is our secret little fun time. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining. Today, we're going to talk primarily about the Future of Insight Summit that Beth and I attended. Um, as always, this podcast, this episode is brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can reach us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. You can follow us on Twitter at EMI underscore research or IntelliCast1. And we really love text messages. You can text us at 513-401-5463. Any current events, Brian? Anything we should talk about before we get into the Future of Insights recap? I don't think so, other than it's back to school at my house this week. So I have been working from home all week because we have childcare issues. Before care and extended kindergarten don't start till next week, but both kids are back. Olivia started second grade. Blake started kindergarten yesterday. Oh, Big day man. for him. Kindergarten's a fun one. How was he with kindergarten? Good. He said he was a little tired, mainly because it, he is an afternoon kindergarten and he's all, all preschool. He was an AM. So this is a bit of a switch for him. Morning person. I wonder where he gets that from. Yeah. yeah I wonder who. <laughs> I was just saying, I don't think you or I could be in the afternoon. Brian, we wouldn't do as well. We're definitely sharper in the morning. Yeah. I, I started closing insights at four o'clock a few years ago and, um, <laughs> Because I don't like to look at data in the afternoon. And like my my head hurts. I, I honestly think my decision making suffers after like four o'clock. But I did notice school started today in Cincinnati because the traffic was back. Yeah. I was actually so going to say that. Yesterday, yeah. getting out of the office, the traffic was at least 10 times worse than normal. And I'm happy yeah. school's back. It brings a lot of really fun things, but that was not a welcome addition. Yeah. Let's get into it. Not a lot of news. We'll do more, maybe some news next episode. Let's talk about the Future of Insight Summit. Um, a little bit of background that is a really good conference that I think a lot of the normal participants don't attend. If you go to Quirks and IIAX and Insight Association conferences, where there's a lot of vendor hall and, and pe- normal people kind of go, I feel like this one has a little bit of a niche um, that most, no- I would say normal in quotes, most of the regular conference attendees don't attend. And so I'm a graduate of Georgia. And so we're on the board of Georgia also, the advisory board, which we're very proud of. And Cincinnati alone has a huge presence for that program. Um, but so this is a Future of Insight Summit. Um, where It's kind of a conference beyond that. Normal conference presentations, 
a lot of networking going on is kind of the overall summary of it, but it's definitely unique. It's, I think it's very different than most conferences. And I don't know, Beth, maybe I'll start with you. Kind of your general thoughts. You've been to lots of conferences. Was it, how did you, was it different for you? Yeah, actually it was very different. I think you're right. Not a lot of people are aware of this conference. It's not publicized maybe as heavily as some of the other large industry conferences. I was only aware because of you. Um, I sat on the board for MRII several years ago. And so I knew at that point this was going on, but you know, really you bringing it to the table was the only way I, I knew about it. So it is very different just in terms of who attends. Um, and I think I shared with you, it's, it's, it's a great conference in that every graduate from MMR has an opportunity to come back and participate. And they do. There were yeah. so many MMR graduates. And the really cool thing about that is they're everywhere in the industry. They're on the vendor side, they're on the full service research side, they're on the brand side, the client side, and they all make it a priority to come back and give back, you know, to the education of the insights associate, or not the insights, the, the students and the participants to give back to our industry, basically. Yeah, I love, as you can imagine, I love going back just because I see a new 20 plus years ago. And these, one of the cool things about it is, it's kind of similar, like, you've been in research for a while, you see people when they kind of come into the industry and they're new and mm-hmm. they're not sure what they want to do with their life and you get to follow their path, maybe not as closely as a coworker, but you get to see them maybe every couple of years and follow their career and watch people become entry level researchers that don't want to, don't know what they want to do with their lives. Like mm-hmm. I was when I attended there and you get to see them, emerge as incredible researchers and that's that's probably one of my favorite parts is seeing people um just become leaders in the industry thought leaders and experts in whatever field they're in um definitely love that part of it and it has to be inspiring for the graduates that are there the future graduates the ones that are in program now to see how successful the graduates have become and all the different ways in, in which they are a part of our industry so i think that would be really encouraging and inspiring for them yeah, there's about 20, 25 students that always attend. Mm-hmm. They're very prevalent there at the conference. They yeah. will approach you and introduce themselves <laughs> because these people in six months are going to be looking for jobs. Yes. None of them will have a problem, but I've been there and they will—they are all right now stressed out about finding a job yeah. and the right job. And so part of what we'll get into my presentation here in a second. Part of what I like to present is the exclusivity of the program and how it really is kind of a club and you, and I can't tell you how much I've benefited from being a student in this program and that the networking and the ability to do this, I don't think any other program, at least in marketing research can relate to it. Oh, I you have a network that is unbelievable. I know I could go to just about any city and say, hey, I saw you're an MMR graduate, can we grab lunch? And they would do it. Mm-hmm. Or I need help finding a job and they would help. And you will have that your entire career. So we're so fortunate. Well, and I jokingly called it a cult. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> but it is a little bit of a kumbaya. Everybody comes back. Yeah. They want to encourage each other. They want to, you know, kind of sing the fight song. But I do feel like that is a network that people call on all the time. So it's not just we'll be friends. It's let's help each other in the industry. And I definitely got a sense of that. And everyone knows you, Brian. It's it was I'm glad I was there with you, um, not knowing a lot of these 
these candidates and the people that were attending in general, being with you made it easier because um, you do know everybody. Everybody knows you. Well, yeah, but getting involved and being on the board and speaking to the classes and mentoring is, yeah. yes. And I loved it that we looked at the list and Brian, jump in whenever you want. We looked at the list and Beth knows most of these companies, mm-hmm. but she didn't know very You didn't know very many people going down there. On I the did whole not. I was yeah. surprised actually, because if it was an insights association meeting, I would feel like I'd know half of the people. Um, yeah. But luckily you knew everyone. So it made it easy for me. Um, all right, let's get into the content. Should we start off with my presentation or other presentations? Let's start with others and end okay. with you. Okay, sounds good. So I think that I don't think we saw all of the presentations. So if we don't mention you, doesn't mean it was poor. Uh, we had client meetings and, um, of course, got stuck in the hallways at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start off with a friend of mine who spoke, um, which was more interesting. Um, it was it's called the nature of marketing and it was about Erin Sowell who works at a she started her own company she's young called Thoughtful Research and I was so impressed because I've never seen anything like it before mm-hmm. and she's coming on the podcast next week too this is a little preview but she at, a, at her heart at her core who she is is an ecologist and you can see her I say this lovingly nerd out on ecology and. It took her a few years in her career to really understand the connection between ecology and marketing research. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what she, she kind of released what her company strategy is going to be. Mm-hmm. And that was the emergence of it. It's the first time she's presented it. And she really connected the dots between, I'm not an ecologist. I'm going to butcher this. She'll do a much better job of this next week, but how a system in ecology survives and grows and thrives to the business world and marketing research specifically. And um, I've known her for a few years. I knew her in school. And so I was really proud of her um, that she, I mean, this is such a unique topic that I don't think you'd expect from someone in their mid twenties. Yeah. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say, Brian. It was by far the most unique presentation of the day and unique in such a good way because her connection to her passion, which is ecology, and her learned passion, which is marketing research, was phenomenal. And it took me a while to kind of keep up and understand where she was going, but it was really fascinating. And her passion just shines through. She is going to be successful at whatever she does. She's she's a force. It was really interesting to listen to her presentation. And I talked to her at happy hour and she said that she loves it because she can be herself. And that's that's such a key. Mm-hmm. If you can identify that early in your career, I mean, that's a, I don't think I realized that until I started the VMI, honestly, that I could really thrive just being myself. And mm-hmm. I'm fortunate that I work in a company that allows me to do that. And she realizes that now. And this this will be a passion for her more than a job. Yeah, I love that she's willing to take this risk too, to jump out there, start a company that is different in terms of how it's going to differentiate itself. Uh, it yeah. shows a lot of fearlessness, but I think she's going to be hugely successful. Absolutely. Um, anything you wanted to mention? I stole the first one. Um, well, I mean, the conference started out with just some foundation kinds of uh, presentations yeah. with with Carla Duncan from Eli Lilly. I, I'm not sure there was anything that I hadn't heard before that she talked about. 
other than maybe the way Lily has applied some of it, but it was very foundational, very basic in terms of how we build questionnaires and answering questions and making sure that we truly understand the purpose of the research and not asking questions if they're not going to be used in the analysis. That's such a fundamental, um, it's such a fundamental way of approaching research, and we all have to keep that in mind. I really enjoyed her presentation. I thought it was a good kickoff to the day. Yeah, I was right after her, and I probably mentioned her presentation two or three times in yeah. mind because it really led itself to mine. And mm -hmm. I think she approached it the same way that I did, which really helped also, in that we're at an academic institution. We're at the University of Georgia in a classroom. We were literally in a classroom. Mm -hmm. Part of it is kind of educating current and future students and people in our industry. And so always going back to that foundation to me, which in her case is why are we doing this research focus on the objective. And in our case was, don't forget about sample. Sample's complex. And if you don't have the right sample plan, everything else crumbles. And so, yeah, we were building very foundational in the morning. That was strategic in how they set up the conference. Yeah. I like her a lot. And I think she did She did do a really good job of having specific examples of how they apply it, even mm -hmm. in the hiring practices, what Eli Lilly does. And so I think people were really impressed with her you know, when you come in and you have Eli Lilly beside your name, especially students, so like, oh, that's a big deal. It's a big company. And it's a big role. Yeah. One more thing on that before we move on. I think by sharing examples, it demonstrates that they not only talk about these things, but they live on. You could see that what she was talking about wasn't something she put on a presentation chart. It is the way that they think about research. And I think that made it way more credible. Absolutely. And then after mine, we'll get back to mine was something I was really looking forward to was a panel uh, entitled The Future of Marketing Research. Mm -hmm. And Mary Drummond, who I know, she's at Worthix, and she led a panel discussion. And each of these are superstars in the industry. I mean, it was Absolutely. great having them all there. Dan Foreman, who's at Zappi, and everyone knows um, Dan. He used to be um, president of SMR. Um, so he flew over for this. Um, Melanie Courtright, who's the CEO of Insight Association, her just adds so much, her appearance just adds so much credibility mm -hmm. to this. And Greg Archibald of Gen2 Advisors, who's another name that most people know, who's um, really involved in IAX and a thought leader in the industry, especially talking about big picture where the industry is kind of headed. And mm -hmm. so I was really looking forward to that. Um, maybe I'll start off with you. What were your thoughts on the panel? What a powerhouse of people sitting in front of us. Um, they agreed on a lot of topics, which is always kind of interesting. You think that there'd be some real variations in points of view, but I think that they complemented each other in terms of how they thought were thinking about the topics. But the thing that struck me really was Mary pushed them like she, yeah. she's very provocative in terms of her questions. I think she might have even gone off script a little bit and really pushed them to go deeper on some of the topics. I think that makes for an interesting panel. I think that makes it feel more real. Um, you get a better sense of what people are really feeling about topics. So I give her a big kudos for, you know, taking that kind of a stand and being provocative with the panel. Completely agree. Um, I think a lot of panels you get excited about and then it's almost script. script yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I love it that she went off and she clearly, they had to think about some of the questions for a second. Mm -hmm. They answered on them very well, but they had to think about it, which to me, they didn't know the question was coming yeah. and it was related to the topic, but it was kind of just diverting a little bit. I love it because that's what I want to hear. I want to hear tough questions. I want to hear how they think through stuff yeah. like that. If I wanted to hear just a speech, that's easy to find, right? Yeah. Yeah, I loved right. it. That was good. Really good. 
And there were other great presentations too. We don't have to go through all of them. I found it interesting that there was a qual presentation with no research that said they deliver reports via podcast. So I wanted to give a shout out to that. They were challenged too. One of the people in the audience was like, how do you do a report on a podcast? When do you do it? Does the client approve? How do you keep it relevant? How do you add to it over time as you evolve? That was a question. That's really outside the box thinking. And it was because their clients, they weren't used to seeing our typical market research decks like a PowerPoint and they didn't really have the time to do it. Mm -hmm. And so they could listen to the, the analysis and insights via podcast driving to work. I thought that was really cool. Um, and there are a lot of other cool stuff too. Um, Material had a lot of presentations. Hillary DeCamp is a rock star. She's the chief research officer of Material and she talked about survey data. But really, I think the part of, for me, I'm not sure about you, Beth, the best part is really the, the happy hours, the networking, the seeing the people, because there are a lot of CEOs there that are on the board that attend the conference mm-hmm. the conversations to me is what makes the conference i mean the obviously the content um some are more relevant than others for everybody in the audience if you work in qual or quant or supply side or client side or whatever but getting the networking is such a key to me seeing people you don't see very often asking them questions i mean i was talking to ceos and asking tough questions of them and mm-hmm. it was just great to have that rapport with them and it's not enough an official manner, you know, this isn't like on the record that you're not being recorded on a podcast when you're having this conversation, you can kind of have um, a little bit more casual conversations. So I'm sure you did that as well. I did. I love that. That's always my favorite part. But before we leave the content, I just want to give a shout out to the committee who put this content together. I thought it was super relevant. It was, it stayed on theme. It was very future thinking, what's happening, how we're going to build on it. I thought they did a really nice job of how everything really built on its, on the, the previous presentation. The content was really strong. So I just wanted to give a shout out to the committee. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll mention, um, well, I was, I wasn't sure what the agenda was for the panel. So I'd mm-hmm. ask like, Hey, how, how much can you go off script? What will we be addressing? What I may or may not say. Mm-hmm. And they, I was told explicitly, own um, Trisha Houston is pretty much designed the entire content and this is kind of her rules. And I'd say that in a loving way. She's amazing. Um, she did, she was, I think, led that and she works at, I can't think of the company name, but it was MMR Live and it's a subsidiary of MMR Research. And um, she's fantastic in that role. And it's really a volunteer role. Um, yeah. She has a full-time job and they kind of volunteers to help the University of Georgia put together that content. So absolutely her. And there was a like whole committee. I'm not sure of all the members. A lot of students helped with that too, but primarily her. Yeah, I just don't want to get into the fun part without giving them a little shout out. Absolutely. But to your point, the receptions were fabulous. Really good opportunity to really network. You just have a different conversation with somebody over food and a drink than you would in the hallways after a presentation. It's just a very uh, more informal conversation. You get to know people way better. And I was able to meet several of our clients, which was just such a bonus to be able to actually shake hands with people who we appreciate their business so much and be able to tell them that to their face. So yeah, I love the networking opportunities. Yeah, it's amazing how many people have been long-term clients that are a little bit removed from what we do and how we service them, right? Yes. Yeah, we've talked about that a number of times since then. There are people yeah. who we have a strong partnership in history with that know of us because they know we're a partner, but really don't know the details of how we work or why their teams have chosen us. And being able to have those conversations conversations was a, a real bonus. Let's talk about my presentation. 
you. I'm anxious. Okay. I, I, I'm so honored to have been selected, first of all. I think they said that there were 12 speaking spots and 37 people applied. And so um, I want to thank Brian and the executive team for putting together a, I think, an engaging topic. I think the topic was the commoditization of sample is jeopardizing the insights industry. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was what the presentation was focused on. Um, I'm not sure if you were there. I'm not sure if you got this takeaway, but panels are not a commodity. <laughs> and that's laughing because I think I had five slides that I would put up throughout the presentation that only said panels are not a commodity. And I wanted that as the, if anybody took anything away, there's a lot of content and a lot of speakers and it's a long day. I wanted them people to know that. And so basically my presentation kind of went through the history of marketing research and differentiates panels from each other and use how they recruit panels, how they get participants to take surveys, the changes over time with routing of sample and programmatic sample and more traditional email invite sample. And then obviously went through some research and research to show how panels are very different from each other and that it's not a commodity. And since we don't really know what truth is, um, it's not necessarily good or bad. It's just very different. And ultimately you could have a different business decision and a risky business decision if you aren't careful with your sample design. That's like one minute version of what I presented. That's pretty good. That was, that was pretty good, Brian. Oh, but put that in the quote for the um, social media, Brian. <laughs> Marked down. <laughs> no, that's boring. But yeah, that's what I presented on. And I, of course, I threw in a few jokes here and there um, because sample can get kind of boring. So you have to kind of liven it up a little bit. Um, but I think it resonated. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback. But I, I think I had an engaged audience. I came out and the first thing I said was, hey, who's ready to talk sample? It was 9.15 in the morning. Like, who wants to talk sample at 9.15 in the morning? But people were like, yeah. Absolutely. I'm like, oh, I expected a boo. You know, like, we no, want to talk about something really cool. We even had to, they had to cut off questions at the end because there were so many people who just had their hand up and we just kind of ran out of time, which to me yeah. speaks to the relevance of the topic and the engagement of the audience. You know, and I, I think when you talk about how the the presentation progressed and what you were trying to get through is really the core of what we do is quality you know if everything about sample is designed to make sure that the data at the end is quality data that can help you make a good business decision and probably one of my favorite things about emi and one of the reasons i joined is the fact that quality threads through everything we do and your job helps us ensure that studying panels and understanding those differences is key to getting the right sample design and making the right business decision. So I was thrilled that you actually were able to talk about it on a stage like this, where so many different types of people get to hear about it and think about their sample design, just like Eli Lilly, Carla, talking about the basics of research. Without a good sample plan, you don't right. have good research. So it really, I think it's just such an important topic and people just need to ask more questions and get more involved in this so that we keep progressing this topic and get this on stages and talking about it as an industry. Yeah, I think we we decided earlier this week we're gonna do a webinar yeah. um, based upon this deck. We'll expand it um, for webinar purposes rather than more of a speech uh, presentation in front of a crowd. But we'll, we'll go through um, specifically how panels are very different from each other in lots of different ways. And that's good for industry. Panels should be different from each other. Yeah. Um, I always, we always say that panels are not built to be census rep. They're designed to answer business questions. Yeah. And we do not have 
and this is probably an arguable point, but I will say we do not have probability sample in online panels. And I would argue we don't really have it at all in research, right? It's a convenience um, sample. It's not a probability sample. It's a convenience sample. Yes, convenience sample. We quote a sample. Mm -hmm. um, that's how we sample in, in the online world. And it's, that's what we've just chosen to do as an industry. Mm -hmm. um, when we started doing this, gosh, I guess it's been 25, 20, 25 years ago. Um, we don't really have the ability to do probabilism, but that's why it's different it's to kind of summarize that. Mm -hmm. And people need to recognize that um, you can't just switch panels without an impact to your data. Um, and so you can download, a, I think it's 113 pages sample landscape report, which I promoted during, I wasn't planning about, promoted it during the, the presentation. I think we had a bunch of downloads too. Um, so I don't know that uh, uh, what I loved about it. And I, I was nervous. You knew I was nervous about it. I think I was nervous because how I mentioned earlier, how you see people's careers progress and you mm -hmm. see it for 20 yeah. plus years. I take this one a little personal because I have classmates and I have people that knew me when I was young mm -hmm. and I did not know what I want to do with my life. And I was imagine ridiculous Brian as a student. Right. I can't. <laughs> ridiculous Brian as a student is very different than ridiculous Brian, who is an expert on panels and studies mm -hmm. panels for a living. And I can be ridiculous, but still kind of deliver a message of authority around panels and credibility. Um, so I take it personal that I was around people that have seen my career progress in over 20 years. And so I was so glad to hear good feedback on it. Yeah. Um, as you said, it's kind of a supportive group. So I'm sure if somebody didn't like it, they wouldn't have told me that. <laughs> they could I tell know. me that. I would, I would welcome any feedback. Um, certainly not perfect. And we're all all out of practice with giving presentations in person. But it's, for some reason, it was the least nervous I've ever been when I got out there. Yeah, you didn't sound nervous at all, probably because you're so comfortable with the topic. Um, part of the credibility is that we don't have a panel. So we're not yeah. trying to sell our panel. We're you know, we're really sharing all of the knowledge that you've accumulated in our research on research to help people understand what you said. Panels are different, not good or bad, but understanding it is important. So I think you're just so comfortable with that content and, and yeah. the data that you've captured that you did not come across as nervous to me at all. And I heard a lot of accolades afterwards. And I think researchers tell the truth. You would have heard somebody, <laughs> you know, shy away from saying, great job, Brian. They might not have said, you really, yeah. you know, stunk, but you would have you would have gotten balanced feedback, I think. Yeah. So that's our little sales um, selling EMI and the presentation. If you'd like more <laughs> information, uh, I don't know if that's I don't know if the presentation is going to be out there, but you can. We'll have a webinar in September. Brian probably knows the date, but it's um, we're not finalizing September. We'll call it September ish. So yeah, September, okay, yeah, we're finalizing the date on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to your point about comfortability, that's what I t I try to tell people that. Mary Draper, who um, has been doing this for years, but is a new role where she focuses on quality in our partner network. And she gets nervous when she speaks at a webinar or even a company meeting. Some That's some people's personalities. I don't think she would um, dislike it that I'm saying that. And I tell her all the time, like, Mary, this is you're an expert at this. You know this better than anyone. <clears throat> Go in there with confidence. You don't need to over-prepare. That's my advice for people. Mm -hmm. She's been doing this her whole career. So sometimes I don't try to over script yeah. because this is what I do all day long. You know, it, the hardest part is to fit it in 25 minutes right? because yeah. I could do this for hours. Right. There's so many things we didn't get to talk about. Like we, we could have done. Honestly, I was going to make that joke. I don't think I did. 
that they didn't give me three hours to speak to talk about all the challenges in sampling, but they could. We could talk for hours about oh, all the challenges in sampling, but yeah, we're all, not just me, but all of us at EMI are pretty comfortable talking about that. It's what we do all day. Well, hopefully you get a bigger stage next to talk about it more and get more people engaged in this. Uh, that's my hope is that this, you can be on an insights association stage next and really talk about some of these challenges we face because it's an industry challenge. Yeah. Yeah. You, can, you, guys got, you can't end without talking about your mascot that was with you at this conference because it yeah, Bonnie the Bulldog. If you've listened to this podcast, you've heard Bonnie the Bulldog before. During yeah. COVID, she was a, made appearances just like Brian's son just made an appearance. Um, of, of quite a few appearances. I'm surprised <laughs> I kept a straight face. Um, but yeah, Bonnie came with me. She recently had surgery. I'll tell a little Bonnie story. She came with me primarily because I'm nervous. She had surgery recently, and now I pushed her around in a, in a um, baby stroller. Carriage. Baby yeah, carriage. <laughs> yeah, I have a dog baby carriage, and I go around the neighborhood every day. I do every day, push my dog around, and she's crazy. But yeah, I drove her to Georgia. She's a bulldog. Um, I was going to sneak her on the field. I wasn't able to. I felt a little nervous about it. That would have not have been a good excuse of why I didn't make the conference the if conference. I was in jail. Right. Not a good excuse. And Bonnie was also in jail. Um, but yeah, this, I think that's her fourth or fifth conference that she's been to. But not always yeah. is she the mascot. I mean, come on, Georgia Bulldogs. She did. That's she right. needed to make an appearance. Too bad. Well, there were experts in bulldogs down there. Random people in the elevator and on the street would say, oh, nice bulldog. She's not a full-bred <laughs> English bulldog, though, is she? Like, people were challenging me on, her, on her DNA. Is like, she? I, I don't know. She's adopted. We can oh. do the DNA test, but I don't think – she doesn't look exactly like Uga. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so Bonnie I had came. to add that at the end because Bonnie was – she, a lot of people ask about her while we were there, so I wanted to make sure she got her time on the podcast. Yeah, a lot of people have met Bonnie before at conferences or in Cincinnati. So, yeah, she's she's the people think she's a great dog. They don't even understand how much of a disaster she is. <laughs> Anything else we want to talk about? Any final thoughts? I don't think so. No, thanks okay. for having me. This was great. Yeah, this flew by um, for us. If you have more questions or information, reach out to us. And I highly recommend, um, this is a conference that will occur every other year. I couldn't recommend this enough for anybody to attend. Anybody in the entire insights industry mm -hmm. should attend this. Yeah, I um, whether you are on the board of the University of Georgia or no matter what you do in research, I think it's relevant. And um, it's also giving back to students. Yeah. Um, so teaching the future, that's why it's called the future of insights is a lot of students in attendance. So highly recommend it. Um, reach out to us if you have any more questions, and we'll talk to you next week with Aaron Sowell and probably do a little news segment maybe. We haven't done news in a while. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.